Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. O'Connor Orchid Estates Apartments Located in the center of the small town of Reading, Ohio, it is widely regarded as the world's most haunted location. Join world-renowned paranormal investigators Abigail Reynolds and Michael Colby as they immerse themselves into every aspect of life in this building and expose the truth of its horrific history. Join us for My Creepy Haunted Life. Jack Billings presents Haunted Apartment Complex starring me. <laughs> Jack Billings, obviously. Damn it. How did you even get in here, Jack? Let's get spooky, crew! Listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Identity Podcast on the Podmoth Media Network, your bi-weekly foray into the weird, wonky, and sometimes downright spooky. This week I have a little something special for all of you. Sometimes the pods on the network collab to create unique content, and this week my episode features not one, but two creepy cohorts. Huge thanks to Catherine and Haley from the Saturdays are for the Ghouls podcast for joining me to talk about film and folklore, two of my favorite subjects. In our chat, we tackle the folklore surrounding A Nightmare on Elm Street, and we discuss all things horror. The audio might be a little low in places, and I've done my level best to bring it up to standard, but just so you're in the know. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. And, as always, stay spooky. All right, everybody. This week we have the two ghostesses with the mostesses from Saturdays are for the ghouls. Uh, Ladies, how you doing? We're doing good. Oh, my God, I love that. I know, I love that, too. (laughs) Ghostesses with the mostesses. Um, Yeah, we're doing great. We're we're happy to be here. I'm doing better now. Happy to be here. It's just an honor to be nominated, right? Seriously, (laughs) if we were nominated for anything ever, we'd just be happy to be (laughs) included. (laughs) Yes. All right. So um, I invited you guys on to talk about um, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, It's an amazing film by Wes Craven. Uh, I personally love it. For some reason, this entire week, I was telling people that 
we were doing Friday the 13th, and I have no idea why. <laughs> um, but I yeah, like myself in the pants every time. I was like, damn it, that's not right. No, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing A Nightmare on Elm Street. Maybe later we'll do Friday the 13th, but today... <laughs> It's a nightmare on Elm Street, um, and you know Freddy Krueger and Mister Knives for yeah. Hands and all that cool shit. Yeah, yes, um, the evil Wolverine. <laughs> the evil Wolverine. Yeah. So yeah, um, you guys are going to tackle as as the experts, um, the resident yes. experts. Uh, you guys are going to tackle the movie itself, um, <laughs> and then I'm going to kind of come in afterward with a little bit of information about um, the Laotian nightmare deaths uh, that are. Um, apparently the inspiration for this particular film um was something i didn't know up until, yeah. until very recently so uh so yeah i thought it would kind of be a cool yeah. pairing to kind of bring in the horror movie and then also on the flip side do a little bit of um folklore because folklore is my jam um, yes yeah we actually didn't know about this uh connection either until you you brought it up and so it was definitely interesting to kind of like read about it and research that part of everything yeah it's um it you know it's strange because i don't think we think about movies that are considered like you know hardcore like pop culture movies right as having anything behind them you know like they're all just smoke and mirrors (laughs) right like it's like this is a really cool movie about a a dude with you know knives for hands and nothing else (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a slasher but, film, basically. Right. And and back then, I mean, I feel like these were not um, discussed until like 2000s in, in, in that time sure. from my research. Like, like Wes didn't bring that up until later, I feel like. Yeah. And so back then, slashers were just slashers to slash, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, when I think about Friday the 13th, that's what I that's what I think about. Is, yes. you know, slasher flick. Um, yeah. When I think of A Nightmare on Elm Street, I kind of think of that in the same vein. Yeah. Um, you know, Halloween, that's right in there too. Although, no blood in Halloween. Um, right. Something I actually had to go back and rewatch it to verify that there was no blood in it. I was like, really? There's no blood in Halloween? <laughs> I know. Um, I feel like when I first watched it, I thought there was blood, but when I watched it just recently in like October, I was like, oh, this yeah. is much tamer than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently they had it ready. They just never used it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, interesting. There's a, um, a whole series on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us. I don't know if either of you have ever seen it. I have not seen it, but I think Haley's heard of it. Yeah, you've heard of it. Yeah, I, so um, it, it basically it. like it goes through all of these, like, you know, movies, like, you know, they do Halloween, they do Friday the 13th, they do Nightmare on Elm Street, they do Aliens, um, and they talk to, like, people who were on the set, people who worked in props, um, kind of how the movie came together, and, you know, what, how the writers put it together, like, everything from, like, soup to nuts. Wow. Yeah. Um, and they did an episode on A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, so I was immediately like fascinated by it because I've always been that person who, when it comes to like, even stage plays, like I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. And I was always that person who was like, I'll help move chairs, (laughs) 
you know? Yeah. Or like, like yes. I was in a couple of plays too, but I'll, you know, I'll help move chairs and like, I'll be the person dressed in black who's like moving the sets around and, you know, shit like that. Because I always wanted right. to know what was happening on the back end. And, um, yeah. So when I saw that show pop up on my Netflix, I was like, oh, hell yeah. I'm totally watching that. <laughs> like without a yeah. doubt. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes it's just good to be included on those kinds of things <laughs> in that, that matter. But I definitely love, I, I, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, it's worth a watch. It's really fantastic. Um, and some of it is really funny. There, there's a lot of humor in there. Um, because with the making of anything, there's always humor involved. Um, you know, there's always like blooper reels and shit like that. So something funny has to happen in a hundred days of shooting something <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> or however right, long right. it takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, I, I guess you guys, um, want to jump in with, uh, all of your movies, kind of fun facts and figures. And... Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is, uh, just like, briefly a synopsis <laughs> you're gonna get a Catherine synopsis which Catherine is not synopsis. quite as detailed as Haley's um, <laughs> but uh, it'll be better than maybe our podcast because <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm putting my best foot forward here um, so there is a man with knives with hands <laughs> I'm already on the wrong foot who is in these kids dreams that are straight up slashering them and um well a lot of kids die and then nancy oh nancy she finds a way to bring him into the real world and then they defeat freddy krueger or do they (laughs) and then there's the the mini synopsis that Catherine can give you and then we're gonna go to our horror expert Haley. Okay. She hates um, when I call her the expert. <laughs> I put so much pressure on me because I'm like, am I? Am I? I mean, between between you and me? me? Yes. yes. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Bad Wolverine, as you said. Bad Wolverine, Bad yep. Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, where the movie's just centered around, you know, teens and then they just start having weird nightmares about a guy with claws. Yeah. And uh they slowly start dying one by one, one. and uh, <laughs> their parents eventually tell them that oh there was this guy named freddy krueger that yeah. was a child murderer yeah uh murdered 20 children and he was released on a technicality of course he was yeah um <laughs> and maybe that would know. be like some shit that would maybe come up Right, <laughs> you know, like if if you're living in this neighborhood with like a known sex offender, right, like wandering right. around, you wouldn't be like now kids. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like all the kids would know of like a tale like that or like a right. thing yeah. that happened in their area like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, all the parents are obviously you know pissed off, and uh, they decided to take justice into their own hands. Vigilante justice! <laughs> and um, burn him and kill him. And for- that's why he looks like Freddy today. <laughs> Haley, where did Freddy come from, though? What did what went on in Wes's brain? <laughs> <laughs> what went on in that noggin? Oh. The world may never know. But oh. what we do know <laughs> is what Haley knows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 
Wes Craven. It was said that he got inspiration from the LA Times newspaper articles from what year was it? I did not write the year down. 1981. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. <laughs> it was the year I was born. Oh, okay. That's how I know. <laughs> good way. Good way to remember. I, I, I was. I was just a fetus, and just I remember sitting down with the New York Times article and being like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. <laughs> just little baby hands holding up a big newspaper. <laughs> It was just fucking printers ink and placenta just everywhere. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> That's an image. That's an image. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he got inspiration from and from some LA Times news articles about some Hmong refugees who fleed to the US during um, war times and genocide in Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam. And they were reportedly all having nightmares, very disturbing nightmares. Did not describe the nightmares from what I read, but um, and then they they did die in their sleep. Suspicious. Suspicious. Hmm. Um, da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> um, they <laughs> a little racial, but they were calling it Asian death syndrome, but then they did change it to. Bugatta syndrome or sudden unexplained death syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds. That sounds much better. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, sounds like anybody can have that. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 they, that is now very treatable with medication. Apparently, mm-hmm. I didn't. That's what I read. Oh. Is that the syndrome is is treatable now via prescription medication? So. I didn't know that that was a legitimate like disease, though. Yeah, um, and apparently the um, the people who are also afflicted with this particular syndrome um, are mm-hmm. also prone to fainting spells. Oh no! Um, and I guess that's an indicator of um, having this particular syndrome because essentially what happens is um, it, it's like a it's basically like a gene defect. So. Oh. So it, it causes um, abnormal uh, electrical conduction, so like arrhythmias in the heart, ventricular arrhythmias. Say that 10 times fast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and um, that can lead to ventricular fibrillation, which can lead to death. So oh. the, the people Ooh. that, you know, had these fainting spells, if they were having them on a regular basis and they went to the hospital, um, they yeah. were likely, you know, like tagged or whatever as you know somebody who could be at risk for this yikes so essentially when it you know when i i think that the last um recorded case was like 2014 or something oh Um, okay so you know i mean they're yeah they're catching it now um you know they're they're kind of seeing the markers for that so it's still pretty rare it's it's still pretty rare and and i mean in in the beginning it was kind of rare like yeah. it wasn't like this is happening to a huge population you right know, it was just happening to this population of people who fled um you know Pol Pot and and his regime the Khmer Rouge and all that you know that kind of stuff um, mm-hmm. communism and yada yada and came to the U.S. 
And so, um, and I'm kind of getting into my own notes here, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, um, you know, it, it makes me wonder if it has something to do with, um, PTSD, um, and, you know, they, they fled this very violent, um, regime and they probably had, you know, family members who had died in camps, um, and they came to the U S and so I wonder how much of that was just sheer panic um, right. that kind of welled up, um, you know, in them when, when they got here and they realized they didn't have to do that anymore. I mean, PTSD doesn't go away. Um, right. Exactly. Uh, I also wonder about agent orange, although it's been disproven because agent orange is a, a nerve, um, affecting, uh, chemical. Oh. Okay. So I wonder about like, I don't know. I still wonder about agent orange and whether or not that, that played a role, um, you know, I mean, even psychologically, like the air is toxic. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I was so, I was kind of thinking some kind of like chemical warfare or something. If it wasn't just, you yeah. know, Agent Orange, some yeah. other, I don't know. Well, I mean, there, there are still, you know, hospitals that have children in them that have been, you know, affected by Agent Orange even now, you know. Right. Um, it's, it's spanned all these generations. So, <laughs> okay. Some other inspirations that are not, about people dying in their sleep, unfortunately. Oh. Um, apparently, the song Dreamweaver. Oh, inspired by... Freddy Krueger? Yeah. Well, inspired. Him. Well, uh, yeah. not, not Freddy Krueger, <laughs> but Wes Craven. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, also, some Eastern religions put in some inspo in there. Uh, some say he even got the inspiration from some students that he had at a Clarkson University in 1968. Oh. They made a film that parodied contemporary horror films, and it was filmed along uh, Elm Street in New York. Oh. I was like, Elm Street. (laughs) (laughs) And every time I see a street sign that says Elm Street, I'm like, Death. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to fall asleep on that street. (laughs) It's like when they say the name of the movie in the movie. In the movie, yep. yeah. And you're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> It's just a secret in between us <laughs> and the movie makers. <laughs> and then, other than that, I just had, um, I guess, some little... little, little fun facts fun with facts. Haley. I will do this little game because we do it all the time. How much do you think this made Catherine? <laughs> Janine. <laughs> well, I actually looked that part up, unfortunately. So, Janine, do you know how much money this movie made? Uh, you know, I do not. If I had to hazard a guess, I would say... See, I'm trying to think of, like, what's a reasonable <laughs> number for a movie, you know? Would you like to know how much it would made to cost to make? Yes. Would that help you? I think so. Uh, 1.1 1. 1 million was the budget. It actually... Was seven hundred thousand, but then they got a lot of um, grants or something. Yes. Okay. They got a lot of money from some. I forgot what they said. It was some random guy that wanted his girlfriend in the movie. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> so it went to one point one million. Whoa! He donated a lot of money. Did she get in? I don't know. I sure hope she did. <laughs> um, so I guess it cost one point one million to make. Okay, so I would say at the box office, it probably made, let's say, three times that. I was like, 
<laughs> we had to do the math for a second. So like, so like, three million. He's like, don't uh, make me math. Uh, it's actually way more than yeah, that. Yeah, it is way more than that. Oh, How wow. much is it, Haley? $57 million. You were only off $54 million. You still get a spooky baby award. You get a spooky baby award. <laughs> Check I mean, out in the mail. <laughs> yeah, it is. it made an insane amount of money. Wow. So, so what, why do you think that is? That it made back so much money? Yeah. Why do, why do you think it made back so much money? I think that I, um, let me just look at my notes for a second here. I read this and I noted it down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is important. I must write down. I just picture you like covered in fucking (laughs) post-its. Me at work. (laughs) Um, so it, it was like, the critics loved this movie. Like it was this, this movie, like they thought it was like one of the greatest horror movies of all time that evolved into the franchise that it was. And so I think that's probably why, I mean, I don't know why it was so much more. I don't, I mean, okay. I have not. Yeah. Yeah. it was ahead of its time. That's right. <laughs> but like the cri- the critics sincerely loved it, which I think just trickled into like society sure. loving Freddy Krueger. <laughs> or well, like yeah, and I mean, you know, you think about like how many kids I knew growing up who dressed as Freddy for Halloween. Right. <laughs> and I mean, like I I couldn't even tell you how many like the different schools that I went to, I could tell you yeah. like probably 10 or 12 different people who dressed as him several times for like yeah. classroom Halloween parties long, long, long after this movie came out. Yeah. So it just kind of, it, and to this day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think also because I can't think of a movie that centers around like a killer, like, someone Freddy Krueger like at the time you know like the we were all used to like the silent killers oh yeah you know mm-hmm. right and then mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger's like the jokes yeah he's like <laughs> making jokes while he yeah. like slashes you up like right <laughs> well yeah I mean then you know we we think about like movies like Friday the 13th yeah where you know the in you know and fucking like dude if you haven't seen Friday the 13th <laughs> yet I can't help you yeah, um, you didn't. You've never wanted to see it then, <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> right, you you deserve you deserve to have this ruined for you. Um, right, but the fact that the fact that they had Jason's mother as the killer. Right. You know, like that, <laughs> it, it just kind Haley of like it, it was just this you know this twist. Right. And they started adding all of these twists. Right. Like you think about the Scream franchise. Right. It's However, twist after twist movie, every time. Every movie has to have a twist, right? Right. Every right. single one. You know, movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Right, you know? exactly. Just just an amazing series. So and and also Craven. You know? Yes. <laughs> Craven loves the twist. That's a West Craven, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, that that whole idea of like this is the evil and this is what the evil looks like. 
yes. and the evil is yeah. coming to get you. Like that that's something right. that that I find and, to be more affecting. Right. And you can't really escape it. So even if you sleep or like, you know, right. even if you wake up, like there's no way to escape this one, really. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes. Do you have any more fun facts, Haley? I didn't even get to those yet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> get to the fun facts. Get to the fun facts. Yes, we need the fun facts. Okay. Stat. Um, so apparently Freddy Krueger is based off of a childhood bully of Craven. Yes. Which we did know this. Uh, his name was Fred Krueger. Duh. He actually named him after the bully. Yeah, yeah, and I guess nice. the guy is flattered. Oh my gosh! I don't think I'd be fucking flattered. <laughs> I'm glad I beat your ass. <laughs> I'm glad I beat your ass. <laughs> he like should have gotten like a cut if he found it. like <laughs> like I inspired this evil person. I don't know if I would go around and putting that on my resume though. Like I, I was the inspiration, to Freddy Krueger. Come on! I inspired this horrifying movie. Please hire me to work at Starbucks. Yes. <laughs> Kane Hodder. If you don't know who that is, he plays Jason in one of the like later movies. But he was in the running for Freddy Krueger. Yep. Oh really? Then, yes. Um, but apparently, <laughs> Craven said that every person that he interviewed for the role mm-hmm. was just too nice to children. <laughs> I was like, Wait, what? does that mean that uh, what's the guy's name that plays Freddy? Yes, does that mean he was mean to kids? He, yes. I feel <laughs> that on a, on a cellular level. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, I've, I've heard from a few people who have met him that he is a lovely man. Oh. Um, but he does have the potential to be a complete douche <laughs> Um Wow. Even in arid regions, Robert England apparently can get out his douche canoe and paddle away. Um, well. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and I mean, it really comes down to like, you know, the popularity of the film. Like he, he knows who he is. Um, yes, yeah. And he knows the power that he wields over an entire generation of kids and now adults. Right. Um, so it's not like he's going to be like, okay, you know, whatever. Like, come on, let's take a picture. Hi, how are you? You yeah. know, I'm Robert. Like, no. It's just, like, he's going to put the glove on and he's going to try to, like, fucking attack you in the picture. You right. Know, like, it's going <laughs> to, yeah. So he's, he's well, apparently he's a really cool guy, but he has the potential to be kind of douchey. <laughs> right like when i i met um roger l jackson he was like he was like speaking to me in the scream voice while we took the photo (laughs) he was like like, don't smile don't fucking smile and i was just like because i was already like just i was a nervous wreck when i was and so i was just sitting there looking at the camera smiling and he was like don't smile don't fucking smile and i was just like started giggling because i was like (laughs) i got the scream guy sitting right next to me in the scream voice telling me in his like it was just you know he played the character a little bit while we were taking our photo i was just i was baffled anyway (laughs) that's my only claim to fame (laughs) why did i always think that that was just a voice changer no, he can do it like oh really out of out of oh, yeah. yes. Oh it, wow. Yeah. Okay. Very talented man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Talent for mine. He's a man of many voices. Right. I also 
I ate breakfast just across the room from him. <laughs> oh, so sorry, funny. we're not talking about Scream. We can move on. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, real quick though. It's funny because like, we were sitting at the table and we it was like a buffet style. So we go to get our breakfast and we pass by their table and I, we looked at each other and we're like, and then she's like it is so then we go back to our table and sit down and she just takes her phone out and slowly inches it to face behind her so she gets this little clip of his head yeah i have a photo of me eating breakfast like across the room from him so i took the photo because i wasn't sure if that i would be able to take a picture with him like because it costs money and i was like i just don't know how much money i had like i didn't know how much it cost I was wondering, I didn't, oh, yeah. I'd never been to that kind of thing. So $1 one million. <laughs> only cost 20 bucks apparently. So that was yeah. my bad for worrying about that. But anyway, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah. Just as a, um, just as a footnote, if you ever go to one of those things again, which I'm sure you probably will. Um, if yeah. you happen to like bring anything for them to sign, just ask them if you can take a picture of them signing it. Oh, yeah. Um, because it's like, you know, provenance or whatever. But then also you have a picture of them, you know, with the item. And, you know, I mean, they might smile and hold right. up the item. Um, Lee Merriweather, um, she played Catwoman on a, a couple of the um, the original Batman um, shows. Oh, yeah. Um, she was a lovely lady. And she was like, oh, yeah, honey, absolutely. You can take my... She's like, I don't care. She's like, I usually charge for that, but that's fine. You know, whatever, you're fine. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, and then I went over to Burt Ward, who played Robin on the uh -huh. Batman series. Yes. Um, and he was like, do you want to buy some dog food? Because he was selling dog food. <laughs> While he was, I don't know why. Um, I, I think he owns like a, maybe a rescue or something. Oh, okay. Um, but he was like, and this is like, I'm sorry, it's totally off fucking topic. But <laughs> um, so, so he's sitting there and he's got things. He's like, you want some dog food? And I'm like. No, thank you, Burt Ward. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I don't um, need dog. And he was like, okay, well, what do you you know? What do you want me to sign? So I handed him the stuff to sign, and I said, you know, do you do you mind if I take your picture while you're signing it? Right. And he was like, oh, I usually charge. Blah, 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 blah. And he was like rumbling under his breath. And I said, you know what? Don't. I said, don't don't even worry about it. He was like, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. After he made us wait for like almost forty fucking minutes. For him oh to gosh. get there. This guy is such a diva. And the highlight of the entire day. This is the end of my story. Gordy Howe. Hockey legend Gordy Howe. Yeah. Was sitting just, just behind where we were lined up in queue to see Burt Ward. Mm -hmm. And Gordy Howe asked me, who are you waiting for? And I said, <laughs> we're waiting for Burt Ward. And he was like, isn't he supposed to be down here by now? And I said, yeah, um, you know, and like in my mind, I'm thinking, holy fuck, I'm talking to Gordy Howe. Um, right. And I'm like, yeah, you know, he was supposed to be down here like, you know, whatever, 30 minutes ago. And he was like, wow, what a fucking douche. <laughs> and I just like, I, I, I keep that with me. I hold it with me that Gordy Howe called Burt Ward a fucking douche. That just right. was the pinnacle of my day. I don't remember anything else really about the day. Just that Gordy Howe called him a douche. I love when celebrities are just like chatting up like with you I don't know <laughs> nobody was at his table and then I felt really bad because I didn't have any cash on me and he didn't have a, like a swipe machine or whatever yeah to like pay him 
But like, I totally would have gotten his autograph or something just, you know, to thank him for calling right. a douche. I was a like, douche, yeah. This is amazing. That's funny. But anyway, continue. But anyway, back to Freddie. I'm sorry. Sorry, Freddie, <laughs> somewhere out there. <laughs> Robert England is sitting in a chair somewhere, tapping his foot impatiently. Yeah, he's like, get back to me. <laughs> he just like skipped forward in the podcast. <laughs> then we got back to Freddie. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so uh, two more two more little facts Ooh. I have. Um, Wes Craven, yes. he did take the script, obviously, to many um, like production companies. Yeah. A lot of them said no. Uh-uh. No, thank you. Uh-uh. no thanks. <laughs> um, but the first production company that showed interest in this was Walt Disney. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was on brand Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently they showed interest, but they did want him to, you know, clean it up. <laughs> they wanted to tone it down for kids and nah. teens. <laughs> And Craven said, no. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> I do. Well, you know, yeah. you have to consider, too, that, you know, Disney used to do um, anti-Nazi uh, propaganda films. Oh. So, I mean, Disney has its, you know, hooks into a lot of different weird, dark shit. Um, if you look at, yeah. like, some of their cartoons, um, the original cartoons that are, like, silly symphonies. Yes. Um, like, the skeleton dance. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, I would consider that to be pretty macabre for Disney. Right, right. Um, but, you know, it played every fucking Halloween, and that's like a part of my Halloween tradition now. You know, I play the fucking skeleton dance while I'm, you know, decorating and shit like that. So, I mean, all of that, like, darkness, Disney is totally, yeah. I mean, look at fucking Snow White. True. Snow White is totally dark. Like, the witch is going to fucking kill her and, like, gives her a poison apple or whatever. You know, like, I Yeah. Yeah, they're they're they, totally. Yeah. That's totally. It would be, it would be on brand, if they removed like the "I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy," um, <laughs> with the tongue on the fucking Sorry. phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as like oatmeal stairs are concerned, that would be on brand for Disney. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> on brand. On brand. Um. And then last one, which I thought was interesting, um, Freddie's sweater, uh-huh. which is, you know, red and green stripes. Uh-huh. Craven uh, chose this because he read an article from 1982 of the Scientific American that they are the two most clashing colors together. Yep. Oh. So he chose it. Nice. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> and you were reading that article as well at one year old, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah, I knew all of that. Yeah. Um, another fun fact, um, the bathtub scene. Yes. Um, they actually had, uh, one of the prop guys, like, in, in the water, so they created this bathtub that had another deeper section, close to where, like, the yeah. drain would normally be. Yeah. And so the prop guy was kind of crammed in there. <laughs> and That's weird. And had the glove on his hand and was sticking it up between Nancy's legs. Oh my. <laughs> so he was actually in the water in the tub with her. Like um, he was fully underwater then. He was fully, he was fully underwater and he had his legs like tucked up or whatever. 
and he was fully underwater, fully submerged, and he had just the gloves sticking up. And that's, like, as far as I, I am concerned, is one of the most iconic scenes. Yes, um, yeah, for sure. Next to Johnny Depp getting sucked into the bed, and then the <laughs> bed spewing blood all over the place. Right, right. <laughs> Which, another fun fact, that was on a rotating stage. Oh, really? That entire, that entire um, bedroom that they created was able to spin completely upside down. Wow. So that's how they got that shot. And when they did that, <laughs> they electrocuted a whole bunch of fucking people. <gasps> because the water didn't really have anywhere to go. <laughs> oh, my like, goodness. They had all these, you know, like lights and shit like that running. Um, so a couple of people got low-key electrocuted. Um <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my! There was, there was no, ca- you know, no casualties, but you know, nothing. No, thank but, goodness. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. Um the the basement that they filmed the uh, the scene in with like the boilers and stuff. Yes. Um, I guess that was like literally made from asbestos. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> they didn't find out until like after they finished all the shooting and stuff that it was literally just everything was made of asbestos. <laughs> Of course. You may be entitled to compensation. <laughs> I think that, you know, the, the threat of like lung related cancers and illnesses really kind of pushes it over the edge, you know? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and Wait. I think that's it. I think that's all I've got. Um, oh. But yeah, just, I mean, fantastic movie um when i definitely was, it was it was one of the first movies i watched um i had a friend who had a sleepover um my grandmother was very protective i was raised by my grandparents um and my oh. grandparents were very protective of me and would not let me go anywhere um <laughs> and the one time that they let me go somewhere i went to my friend's house and she had like she had halloween she had friday the 13th she had nightmare on elm street and she had the exorcist Oh my gosh. And I was like not the whole new world for you. (laughs) I was like nine. And so I'm sitting there, you know, um watching Linda Blair, well actually not Linda Blair, um, a stunt double, um, Mm -hmm. you know, doing that horrible thing with the crucifix. Yes, yeah. Really examining my life choices. Um But but yeah, I guess I when mean, I you know, when I put in perspective my nine year old like sleepover where I've first watched like uh Final Destination like oh God. <laughs> like that was that was my like epitome of like gore in movies like that. <laughs> um, oh, dude, Final De- I I have so much to say about Final Destination is not even funny because <laughs> that entire series like it's all happenstance. All of yes. It, yeah. You know? Like, oh god. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> before I get too far down the rabbit hole on that. Before one, we get if we get into one more rabbit hole <laughs> of a different movie that we're not talking about today. Like I'm still I feel like I'm still digging myself out of the other one that we fell into. Right. Um, <laughs> I think we're out of there. I think we're right. back to Friday and I think that that's all we have, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Did she fall asleep? Yeah. Like what is she just goes yes <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> but yeah we, that's all we got i'm expecting like 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> She's just snoring over there. <laughs> right, like probably 30 minutes before we recorded, she goes, Oh, I'm so tired. And I'm like, do not fall asleep right now. We have a podcast to record. <laughs> right. She loves to say that right before we record. She just like says, she just loves to push my buttons and say, oh, I'm so tired. I could fall asleep right now. And I'm like, because <laughs> then I have to wake her up when we are ready to record. <laughs> it depends what time you, re- I mean, I've always recorded and, you know, like Sundays at like noon right. <laughs> or something. And granted, I mean, I'm 41. It's just as easy for me to fall asleep then, but, um, you know. Nap right. time's the best um, time, honestly. Yeah, right. So, um, I wanted to start, uh, my section with a quick question. Okay. Oh, love questions. What is your worst nightmare that you remember from your childhood? Oh, God. (laughs) Wait, the fictional or reality? What? Um, (laughs) I mean, I was thinking fictional because this is not a psychology podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're Um, not diagnosing you today. We are just... (laughs) Talking about horror movies. Right, just hang on while I pull the sofa out of the room, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, I'm I'm literally, like, I'm talking about, like, recurring nightmares that you had when you were a child, when you were asleep. Oh, I have a... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll go first. Okay, so I had this recurring nightmare, and it was only in one house, so I'm not sure if it was, like, related to that house that we were in, but... um, and I think I might have talked about it on our podcast once, um, but I fell asleep, obviously. And then when I woke up, I woke up and I f- was looking around the room and it felt like there were like maggots, like from the bottom of the gr- like to the ground, to the top of my ceiling, all over the bed. And then like, I got out of bed and I turned the lights on and they weren't there. And then I, I like, I I closed my door and I, I turned off the light and I opened the door and then like, I could still see them. And so then like, I just, I just had to fall back asleep. And so I just slept with the light on and I slept with the light on for like years <laughs> after that. I mean, because I like, that, but like there was nothing there. Like I asked my parents to come in and I was like, do you see anything on the walls? And they're like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, me neither. Thanks. Good night. <laughs> you know, and like the like if you're looking at like the sky or if you're looking at the yeah. dark and you see like the little fuzzy. Yes. Like, what if it's that? That probably was it, <laughs> honestly. But like for some reason it, it lasted so much longer. Yeah. And it I like, <laughs> like rubbing your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I was terrified of maggots in my room, I guess. <laughs> That's my nightmare. <laughs> and how um, old were you? I'm sorry if you said. Uh, I'd say like 13. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think. I've ha- okay, I guess I have two. One is a similar, like the same recurring one. Another one is like same theme-ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, I haven't had one in a while of this one, but <sighs> I'm in the ocean. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm in the ocean and I'm like just floating in the middle like I'm underwater just like no boat no boat it's just no door nothing no jack (laughs) damn no damn no no. (laughs) 
and I just see this thing coming at me, and uh, it's obviously a shark. A shark. Uh, a great white. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> and it's just like coming at me, like like, and I'm just swimming. <laughs> I'm swimming my life, and uh, I see like a ladder, right? Like to get out. Mm-hmm. So I'm like trying to climb up the ladder, but for some reason I can't get up the ladder. And then I just turn around, and then the mouth is just coming out <laughs> wide open and i wake up oh no that reminds oh, me no. of the time that i tried to get out of the water when i went to belize there what was happened? like a little there was like a little um ladder on the side of the boat and so i had to like basically roll like it was like a beached whale <laughs> me and this guy this little um hispanic guy who was like standing there cutting up pineapple was just like looking at me laughing his ass off <laughs> Oh god. Give me chills. Uh, so had... did the did the ladder you just never got to the top? Did nope. it just like continue being a ladder just, up and up and I just kept I just, I don't know. I just could it was like one of those short ladders That's but terrifying. I <laughs> That's terrifying. Um, yeah, so I've had that one a few times. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um another one is I'm in a house. <laughs> like my fa- my family moves to this house. It's like a whole movie. I tell myself like I write a, like a movie about this probably. <laughs> But um, family moves to a house. I'm not me. Like, I don't look like myself. So maybe okay. that says something about me. But, you know. We're not here for that. <laughs> <laughs> but we move into a house. I, you know, typical. I hate living where I'm at, you mm-hmm. know. But I do meet, like, new people. I meet a guy. Have relationship with boy. Um <laughs> And then I um, like that it's PG. Have relationship with. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, we how never long got is to... this fucking dream? Like sixteen years, <laughs> three kids later. It feels that way. Three kids later. <laughs> <laughs> no, but basically, like I, I get with this boy. I think he's cute. And then for some reason, like I don't know why, but it's just this one night, full moon, you know, because of course it is. And the house is oh. like. <laughs> nope. Okay. <laughs> the house is on like a lake. Okay. Um, or like I guess beach, whatever. I don't know. There's like a sand area, and full moon night. We're in our house, and all of a sudden, dead people come out from the water. No. <laughs> and start nice. attacking the house. And um, I just remember being really scared, and I like locked myself in my room, and the leader of this undead people is my boyfriend. <gasps> oh my god. I feel like I saw this on Supernatural once. Like, I've had this dream, same like theme, like dead water people, but like different settings, I guess. Hmm. I feel like your phobias all surround water. Yeah, I was gonna oh. say, there's a lot of water in your dreams. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a water sign. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Really? Are you really? Yeah, yeah, she is. We both are. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm a water sign also. What oh my gosh, you? what are you? I'm a Pisces. Ah, we're Scorpio. Scorpios. Oh, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. It makes sense. What? <laughs> um, I I have known a few Scorpios in my time, and uh, it it make it just makes sense. Um, <laughs> in a bad way. Yeah, no, that sounds like a negative experience. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't necessarily a negative experience. It's just um, 
I find that the way that um, Scorpios interact with other people is usually um, a little bit more like, I don't know, like jovial, I guess. They're just like more, you know, like laughable and, you know, yeah. Well, I see. I don't know. We're just so funny. <laughs> just so funny. So funny. Um, yeah. What so, is your worst um, nightmare? Amazingly enough, uh, my dream <laughs> does not focus on water, even though I can't swim and I'm like terrified of deep water. Oh. Um, mine involves this, um, and and I should preface this by saying that I don't dream in color. Okay. Um, my dreams are only black and white. Generally, if I do dream in color, it's like explosive. Like, so colorful, it makes you nauseous kind of colorful. Oh, like when um, someone turns the vibrance up all the way on their photos? Yeah, yeah, like like it's, you know, Instagram filter, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> like the nth degree. Um, so, yeah, my dream involves um, this tall, I'm assuming it's a White House because my dreams are black and white. Um, okay. And the windows are dark, and it's sitting in, like, the middle of this field. And I am similar in the way that I dream, like, movies or books okay. or whatever yeah and so this house is surrounded by tall grass on all sides and the grass is so tall that you can't you can't see over it you can't really see where it ends it seems like it doesn't end um and all you can see is just this gray patch of sky and like one of the peaks from the roof on the house so uh -huh. in my dream i'm just in this field pushing the grass aside trying to get to this house and i can hear like whispering sounds all around me like through like it almost sounds like wind through the grass, but it's not. It's people whispering. Oh. And for some reason, I, I can't make out what they're saying. But it gives me, like, this really weird... I always have, like, this weird um, sick feeling kind of in the pit of my stomach, mm -hmm. like something bad is going to happen. Yeah. So I just push forward. You know, I'm trying to get out of the grass. I'm trying to get out of the grass. And then I reach the porch, and then I step up into, like, onto this, you know, like... It's like this worn out, you know, kind of old, like dilapidated porch. And I try to look into one of the windows, but it's really dark and I can't really see anything. But there's like something silver flashing in there. Almost like um, mm. a fishing lure. Okay. You know, like something, I don't know, something weird flashing. And then suddenly it's like instantly dark outside. And the only light that's around me is from the moon. Oh, and no. so I make my way up to the front door and I turn the handle. And as I turn the handle, I can hear somebody calling my name in like a really low voice. And as I start to push the door open, I wake up. Oh. So I never find out how the dream ends. And I had it consistently for almost 10 years, every night for almost 10 years between the ages of 10 and 19. Holy moly. And then it just stopped. I haven't had it since. Wow, I don't. So I I'm surprised both of you remember dreams like that. Yeah. Like I don't remember like when I have like actual sleep dreams. <laughs> um, I don't remember them like for long. Like I'll oh, wake yeah. up and like be upset because someone was mean to me in a dream, but then I'll forget because it <laughs> it like goes away really fast. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't I don't I can't remember anything in real life either though. So it doesn't surprise me that I can't remember my dreams. <laughs> well, I mean in my case, you know, if you have it every night for ten years, 
Yeah, I guess you memorize um, it. <laughs> I mean, when, when it first started happening, I just remembered, like, the house and the grass. Right. And as I got older and as I started to have it more and more, I was like, okay, now it's like a movie. Like, I'm actually, like, in a movie. And I'm a character in a movie. And in all of my dreams, I'm a character in a movie. Hmm. Um, I don't ever see myself, which is really interesting. There are never any mirrors in my dreams. I can't ever see myself. Um, like you're a ghost. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> almost like I'm spiriting my way through my own dreams. It's it's very strange. Right. Um, That's crazy. But, you know, I, I guess what I'm getting at is dreams can tell us a lot about who we are and kind of what we've got swimming around in our head box at any given time. Um, right. You know, uh, there's a, there was a study I read, um, I believe it was from Scientific American, um, taking a note a la Wes Craven, um, <laughs> about uh, the faces that you see in your dreams and how every face that you see in your dreams is somebody oh, yeah. that you have met or seen in your waking life. Right. I heard, it, I've heard read that too. Yeah. So your, your brain doesn't create faces. It has faces mm -hmm. that are cataloged. And then you go to sleep and you have dreams and your brain is like, okay, I'm going to put this face here and I'm going to put this face there. So, um, you know, it, it, it seems as if, you know, our subconscious is like a laundry list of all these different things. Um, it's also, you know, uh, basically a Rolodex of like all of our failures and our fears. Um, those frequently make an appearance in our dreams. Uh, right. We're not even really actively thinking about these things, but because they happened and we had a certain experience, we often bury this information away and then it comes out when we sleep. Um, right. So, I mean, dreams in general are odd and they're strange and sometimes they're macabre, but I think that the real question is, do dreams serve a purpose? And, like, what kinds of power do we hold? You know, do they hold over us? And then also, if we die in a dream... Can we die in real life? Mm. And then, so I thought about that parallel with A Nightmare on Elm Street and right. this whole situation with, um, you know, Laotian immigrants um, dying from this, this sudden death syndrome. Everything that I found about this, um, it seems to begin in uh, 1981 um, with that article, mm -hmm. as you mentioned. And it begins with a young boy whose family has fled the, the Khmer Rouge, you know, Pol Pot and all that. Um, and he begins to have trouble sleeping. So he says to his parents, you know, hey, there's something, um, it feels like there's something haunting me. Um, it comes to me in my dreams. And, you know, I feel like if I go to sleep, I'm going to die. And so his family are like, well... You know, like, I mean, this is a little wild. Like, I, you know, I don't know why you would think this. Like, everything's going to be okay. Um, so his family gives him some sleeping pills. And they figured everything would be fine, and the ordeal was over. But then one night they hear their son screaming, mm -hmm. and they run into his room, and by the time that they get there, he's dead. And they find yeah. out that he hasn't been taking the sleeping pills, He's been, like, hiding them under or inside his mattress. And there was a coffee pot oh. in his closet. So, oh, so he's just trying to stay awake. So he's trying to stay awake. He did not want to go to sleep. And the only explanation yeah. available was that he was frightened to death. That's crazy. Yeah. that's. I went through this phase where I was <laughs> afraid to fall asleep or afraid to be asleep. 
but I didn't, I never went as far to like try to stay awake though. Like I would, I would, I would fall asleep at like 3 a.m. But that's just because I couldn't stop my mind from racing. And, um, but it wasn't because of a dream either or anything that I thought was haunting me. I was just kind of afraid that if I fell asleep, I would never wake up either. But I obviously didn't. (laughs) I'm still alive, in case you guys are wondering. I'm not a ghost. (laughs) Except for the podcast would be more interesting if I was a ghost. (laughs) Plot twist. Plot twist, I've been dead the whole time. (laughs) We're only one person. We're only one person. (laughs) Just making different voices. Hey, sometimes when I listen to us, I can't. I'm like, is that Catherine or me? I know. Sometimes I can't tell us apart either. So when we talk about this, this sons or sudden unexplained death in sleep, another kind of perspective we can take is in the realm of folk legend. So mm. the ban gun gut is a folk term from uh, Manila and Tagalog, meaning to rise and moan in sleep. And in the 1980s, uh, there was a series of sudden deaths that swept through several Asian communities. And medical professionals called this, like you said, sudden unexplained death in sleep or sons. So from a study published by the International Epidemiological Association in 1998 in the Great Britain International Journal of Epidemiology. Oh, fancy. (laughs) Titled... Ben Gungat in Manila, Sudden and Unexplained Death in Sleep of Adult Filipinos by Ronald G. Munger and Elizabeth A. Batoon. Quote, A syndrome of sudden unexplained death in sleep, or SUNS, occurs among Filipino adults in the Philippines, Hawaii, Guam, and the Marineris Islands, Japanese, Laotian, Cambodian, and Vietnamese refugees in Thailand and the United States, and Thai men in Thailand and in Singapore. The victims are typically young men. The median age is between 30 and 34 years old. They're all in apparent good health, and they die within minutes of an onset of distress during sleep. The immediate cause of death is ventricular fibrillation, as I mentioned before. The proposed causes of SUNS include thiamine deficiency, um, hypokalemia. Uh, I don't even know what that is. Um, You know, whatever. Um, I'll probably Google it later and be like, what is that? Um, (laughs) Nightmares and mental stress, meliodosis, and genetic factors. No evidence directly links the sudden deaths of Asian adults with sudden deaths of infants that also occur in sleep, because that's common in infants to to suddenly die in their sleep. So while SUNS is known to occur in many populations in Asia, um, the boundaries and incidents aren't well known. Um, and the highest known rate of sons was documented among refugees from Laos and Cambodia in refugee camps in Thailand, end quote. There's basically a medical explanation for it, right? Like they say that it's due to this ventricular fibrillation that causes death. So they basically, you know, they have a generic idea of what happens and, you know, why these people are dying, but they don't have concrete proof. Mm-hmm. In this case, I thought it would also be interesting to delve into the folklore because there are some similarities between the folklore in that part of the world and the folklore from my part of the world. 
Um, oh. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm Canadian. Okay. Um, so I'm originally from a place called Newfoundland um, in Canada. It's like the furthest east you can go before you fall off into the Atlantic Ocean. It's an island. <laughs> okay. Um, and there's a lot of folklore in that particular part of the oh. world um, and a lot of folk tales. When I started doing research about this, the suns, I also mm-hmm. came upon a lot of research about sleep paralysis. Oh. Um, and I guess a lot of the people who, um, you know, eventually died of suns um, had experienced like these fainting spells or this experience of like almost a sleep paralysis um, beforehand. And I thought about this, you know, whole folklore angle, and I was like, holy shit, this is just like the folklore that I have in my part of the world. There's um, a creature called the hag. Mm -hmm. Oh. And she essentially creeps into your room at night. You're, you're, You're hagged, basically, is what happens. Somebody calls down the hag upon you because you've done wrong to somebody. So they say, oh, wow. you know, you um, you stole, you know, carrots from my garden. So I'm going oh. to set this creature upon you. Wow. And it sits on your chest and it sucks your soul out through your mouth. Oh. Oh. So, so that's, <laughs> that's my part of the world, right? And, and the hag is supposed to be like this wraith-like um skinny um you know long stringy hair just like this horrifying vision of like inhumanity oh my um, gosh so when we talk about um ben gungat um this is a vengeful spirit that is found in elocano folklore um and mm-hmm. let me tell you the folklore behind sons is pretty unnerving oh so <laughs> the vengeful spirit is described as a huge old fat woman who lives in a tree. Now, stay with me here. <laughs> okay. Um, the vengeful spirit, right, is, is this old fat woman mm-hmm. who lives in a tree. So yes. how she manages to get up there is a mystery to me, but there it is. Um, she's okay. probably got a couple of good hips and some decent upper body strength, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have all the answers. So, right. So when the trees get cut down... Um, for use in the building of a home or, like, the building of, a, you know, a bed to make, like, bed posts. Mm-hmm. Um, when the wood is processed, the bangun got migrates into holes in the post. Oh, no. Yeah. So then, according to folklore, if these posts are used in a bedroom, then the sleeper is going to be visited by the vengeful spirit who perches on their chest until they suffocate. Um, oh, no. No. Why... no. No. I have no idea what happens if the posts are used for a living room or a kitchen. Probably something worse. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Like, the creature sits on your chest and suffocates you, but also steals your identity and, like, runs up a bunch of credit cards. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Is she still a fat woman when she sits on you? Yeah. yeah. Because some people might like that. (laughs) I mean, some people are into that. That's okay. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> that's where it came from. That sounds awful hot. We're body, you know, we're body positive. That's fine. Exactly. That's exactly. Cool. You can be a skinny wraith, or you can be a fat demon. Doesn't matter. <laughs> whichever, whichever works for you. Um, and the person that you're called to perch upon, I guess. Um, that is between you and your perch. 
Well. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Jordan Clark, who is um, kind of an aficionado on um, a lot of, like, uh, folklore and um, legends and, like, weird creatures and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, On his blog on the AsawangProject.com, he writes, quote, I find the idea of the um, body bot, which is um, another name for this creature, both Mm -hmm. horrifying and fascinating. Isn't the darkness that creeps in as the sun sets terrifying enough? The thought of being so frightened that you can't breathe or are literally scared to death is truly the stuff of nightmares. When I watch horror films, I often think I'd be the first to go, feeding off my phobia or becoming paralyzed with fear and losing my breath. In the case of the body bot, nobody would have the option of a heroic battle. She's believed to be so heavy and large that even the burliest of men would suffocate under her mass. End quote. Yeah. <laughs> Suffer under her mass. Suffocate. <laughs> They'd be so lucky. <laughs> What a way to go, though. (laughs) Come on. So so now that I've given you all this information, right, you have to know how to protect yourself. (gasps) Oh, no. (laughs) Wait a second. Did you unwillingly give us a, like, now that you know about it, it's going to come kill you kind of thing? (laughs) I mean, I didn't say that. But. Okay, well, you didn't have to, but how do I protect myself from I it? I didn't not I have a metal that. bed, so I don't have a wood <laughs> bed, so I'm fine, I think. <laughs> well, yes, but your room is probably framed in wood. <laughs> As you have, like, a wood desk. <laughs> a, a wood, wood table. Desk, a wood dresser. <laughs> a wooden door. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Tell me how to survive this. Okay, so, so how to protect yourself. Um... There are a lot of preventative measures that you can take to prevent an attack. Um, apparently, biting your tongue and wiggling your toes is the go-to. <laughs> okay, I love that. Uh, <laughs> but you can also uh, you can also drink water. Um, it helps as well to lie on your left side. Oh, um, good. Oh, good. That's the side <laughs> I sleep on already. <laughs> um, not going to bed too soon after a large meal. Um, praying before bed if you're keen on doing that. Um, you can do that. Uh, putting on okay. lipstick or painting your nails, apparently, those are things that you can do. Um, also, I guess you can wear, um, I guess you can wear a women's nightgown, um, to bed in order to confuse the creature, um, you know, thus cementing this folkloric practice in a time when there were only two genders represented and only one right. of them would confuse an evil spirit by wearing a nightgown. Um, right. <laughs> So, uh, so is sure, it that she doesn't sure. like women? Is that she's not interested in women? Because so, that so might I'm be my sure. saving grace. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how wearing a nightgown as someone who identifies as female would confuse it in that situation. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I don't understand. I, I don't know. I don't know. Not sure. Um, yeah. But anyway. So, um, hmm. yeah, when I when I first thought of the um, the Bangungat, I instantly thought of the hag. Um, mm-hmm. Newfoundland folklore, and if you happen to be hagged, um, you place a board on your chest with a nail sticking up out of it, and Just then in when case. the hag comes to steal your soul in the night, um, it'll sit on the nail and impale itself and be defeated. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, that's a thing. I'm probably I'm probably not gonna sleep with the board with the nail. Well, you know what you do. You know, you you make sure that that nail is nice and rusty, so that the hag also gets fucking tetanus. 
<laughs> right, right. Because fuck Cause then, that creature. She won't be back for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you just wake up with it on your chest. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> she's like, she's like, you know, feverishly checking all of her documents to see when her last tetanus shot was. <laughs> she's like, I can't believe you gave me tetanus. <laughs> Ten years and two days ago. Fuck you. <laughs> Oh jeez. Um but yeah, so um the Philippines and Newfoundland are not the only places that have creatures like this embedded in their oh, no. tails. Um which is, you know, something that I find kind of fascinating. Um Yeah. Like uh Catalonia, a uh, region in Spain has a tale of the pasanta, um a black animal, often a dog or a cat that invades people's homes and sits on their chests while they're asleep, making it difficult to breathe and causing nightmares. Um, in certain parts of Brazil, there are folklore tales of a creature with long fingernails that lurks on people's rooftops. Um, the creature is called, uh, Pisadera. Um, and it comes into people's homes and tramples on their chests, um, while they're asleep. And then there are also creatures and spirits in Japanese folklore that fit the bill. Oh my. So the fact that this creature exists in so many folkloric traditions has clearly influenced a wide range of books and film. Um, right. Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street being one. But I also wanted to point out that the Bangungat seems to have a connection with, uh, like, starchy food and alcohol consumption before bedtime. Um, so whatever you do, don't drink, like, a huge bottle of grain alcohol <laughs> or a bunch of fucking potatoes before you go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Um, my favorite combination. <laughs> my favorite combination. <laughs> right. I also wonder about um, PTSD and Agent Orange because um, I, you know, I think it's entirely possible that those two things, um, either on their own or in combination, could cause, um, mm-hmm. you know, just just undue stress, um, strain on the heart. Yeah. Um, and you know, could could cause people to pass away in their sleep. I also wonder um, why just men are affected. Right. Um, and then the uh, the cases of sons continue through the 90s, but the numbers aren't as high. Um, and there have been cases reported as recently as, you know, uh, 2014. So, I don't know. I, I just find it really interesting that it's just men. Yeah, that is crazy. I'm not sure. It is, I mean, the large woman is (laughs) it is to some extent she only wants to attack men but are the other are the other ones primarily attacking men or is it kind of anyone's anyone's game that i did not notice um in the literature that i pulled for source material yeah um i know that in newfoundland the hag is not just you know, set upon men. Yeah. Um, it's it's so, just as common to set the hag upon a woman who has um, cheated, you know, with your boyfriend. Oh. Um, <laughs> so it's, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not uncommon. Um, you know, yeah. you, uh, you lied to get a, a better, you know, position at work or whatever, you know, you lied mm-hmm. about your credentials and you got that position over somebody else. And so they're like, oh, well, fuck you. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to hang you because you lied on your resume. Um, right. 
but yeah, I mean, it, it could just as easily, in those situations, it could easily be, you know, anybody. Yeah. Um, not just men. Yeah. I feel like the um, hag is in, is more of a Freddy Krueger-esque, because, you know, mm-hmm. Freddy's all about revenge, and the hag is sent by humans for revenge, but still, I mean, yeah. the, they seem like they have the same temperament. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I mean, it really, it makes me wonder um, how much other information Craven consumed in right. order to create his monster, because it wasn't just this one instance. Yeah, it you had know? to be more. Like, I, I'm sure that this was probably wildly influential just because it was, you know, kind of a large number at one time. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I you know, I wonder if he also did research into other folkloric practices and was like, oh, so this is really common and I can, you know, weave a thread through this and other people will also right. understand. Yeah. Um, which I think is one of the great things about this movie. You know, it's it's easily understood yeah. what's happening. Um, Definitely, yeah. And, you know, it's it's something that people can relate to. I mean, who hasn't been afraid to fall asleep? Because right. they're worried that they're going to have, I mean, I, hey, nightmare. Hands right. up. I like, I have right. had that dream for 10 fucking years straight and every night I go to sleep and I have it again. Right. Um, and it's like, you can't get away from it. You know, you can't escape it because it's going to happen again. So, right. I mean, I think that that kind of thing makes the film that much more terrifying and that much more enjoyable at the same time for horror movie fans because it is so relatable. No, yeah, like realistic. Yeah, yeah, right. Wow. So yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> those were definitely interesting to hear about, and I'm not scared at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just lucky. Like lucky I don't have tonight. to edit it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just lucky I don't have to edit it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I want to thank you both for. Um, taking the time to sit with me and 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 go through all this fascinating stuff and it's been a it's been a pleasure yeah yeah we loved being here it was was great it was fun and we'll absolutely have to do this again sometime as well totally that'll be so fun um maybe we're planning on having jaws Yes, I know. Oh, oh, we did quite a few movie references in this one, like <laughs> Jaws, Scream, what are we do next? Titanic, even like. <laughs> well, I mean, you well, guys you're... have already done Scream, and that would be like my yes. next go-to. Um, well, we'd love to come on your podcast and talk about Scream. We'll talk about Scream any day. <laughs> oh, we could do that. That's I actually, you know, I think that that's rooted in truth as well, so that actually might work. Yes, the um, original one was rooted with the Gainesville Ripper. Oh, sure. Um, that that true crime story, and we did yeah. that one on our podcast. Yeah, I don't I don't usually do a Check lot it of out. crime. Um, but yeah, I mean, we could we could totally tackle that. I I just think it would be funny to cover Jaws because of all of the dreams <laughs> with water and sharks. Yes, yes, that would be fun. <laughs> um, but you know, we'll do it like in a high rise apartment building somewhere. Yeah, you know, because it's not like you're going to be in the fucking elevator and you're going to hear damn it, like that's probably not damn it. Right, probably not. Yeah, you'll probably be fine. <laughs> Josh usually has to live in water. It's the swimming pool. For me. It's the swimming pool. <laughs> I used to think that it was going to come out of the toilet. Jaws? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, how big is your toilet? <laughs> <laughs> well... 
normal size, <laughs> then probably not. <laughs> um. So before we call it quits, did you guys want to do some shameless self promotion? I always let oh my, my gosh, do we probably should. <laughs> Good, take it away, Catherine. You know. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, Catherine and Haley, this is us. We, <laughs> we, I'm so prepared for that. Um, we are Saturdays are for the ghouls. You can find us basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. And um, we talk about true crime, horror movies, the supernatural. We tell spooky stories. Literally anything that's related to scaring people, we like to talk about. <laughs> um, so you can listen to us on basically any podcasting wherever you wait you, you can already. listen to us wherever you get the podcast <laughs> you can follow us on facebook instagram twitter um and tiktok saturdays are for the ghouls we'd love to have you that that well, sounds good welcome to the spooky well done fam. welcome to the spooky bait fam <laughs> both of you guys have a good night take care you too um and we'll talk Thank again you for soon. having us okay bye right. bye-bye The Identity Podcast is brought to you by host Janine Mercer. The podcast is written and edited by Janine Mercer, unless otherwise stated, and the music is created using GarageBand. You can find The Odd Pod on Twitter, Insta, and TikTok at IdentityPod, and on Facebook as The Identity Podcast. If you haven't already, please make sure to mash that subscribe button so that you're in the know when a new episode drops, and be sure to tell a friend about this podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Please be aware, if you purchase an item from one of my sponsors using my promotional code, I will receive a small kickback. Every little bit helps. 